When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Oilers lose 4-1. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. They had possession, trolled the game a lot, and then boom, twice tonight they scored off the rush. Yeah. What, 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 what's the errors in the neutral zone that's leading up to that? First one is just Rusty got on the wrong side of a guy. Uh, the fourth one is a poor forecheck, chasing the game on a poor forecheck, and... Uh, cast eyes in and then McLeod doesn't anticipate that guy's going to make the redirection and the defenseman came right out of the zone so it's uh, it's there's there's a little bit of uh, you know there's some mistakes there that uh, when we're chasing the game those are the ones that bother you a little bit and I know you touched on the power play you've talked about it before sometimes it's not how many it's at the time and they seem to give you a power play at a, at a crucial opportunity where you could have got you right back in the game and yeah. you just couldn't. Uh, are you seeing a little hesitancy in shooting? Mm, there's different ways teams kill against us. Sometimes it's you got to get pucks into the middle, you know, if they're taking outside stuff away. There's obviously, as you go on through the season, teams do a pretty good job of scouting you. So there's got to, but you can try some different things. Like we tried some different looks with the left hander and right hander on the point. Uh, net front guy had some attempts, but they didn't go in tonight. And Abe, when you're looking at this uh, this lull, whether it's you know the last three games or, or a larger sample size, are, are you seeing stuff that is markedly different from when you guys were on the roll early in the season, or is it just sometimes there's ebbs and flows and it's just not happening for you right now? A little bit of ebbs and flows, but you're you know I think. Uh, Eventually, you don't have that many injuries on defense and, and catches up with you a little bit. That's uh, a little bit of where we are right now. I thought our, you know, we had lots of try in our game right now, but we made some mistakes that, uh, that, that cost you, you know. And I think they scored on just about every great A chance they had tonight, you know, and we didn't, uh, we didn't capitalize on chances we had. So that's the difference in the game. What, what did you make on their first goal early in the game? Was that uh, one he should have had or? Yeah, I just didn't. He's got to know where that puck is coming from behind the net, but it's just one of those breaks. It's it's a weird phenomenon with him. Like once he gets past the first few minutes, he's really good, but he's sometimes pretty bad at the start of these games. No, that one's. I thought that was a soft call to start the game. Yeah. Put us on, uh, and then you you know it's a soft call. It's a goal you'd like to see stays uh, saved, so you're chasing the game a little bit. The next one is. Uh, it's a three-on-three -three rush that we should defend better and don't. So you're chasing the game from there on in. That being said, I still think we did a lot of things that we we're hoping to do tonight. You know, I think we had over 70 attempts at net, which has been a focus here the last little bit. We haven't been able to get chances at the net or pucks at the net. Uh, that's uh, it's a step in the right direction, but it's not a big enough step yet because we didn't win. Talbot made those saves before Rask's goal to make it 3-1. to one. Was that... A fair turning point as well. You look like nurse. You had one on nurse, then one dry saddle. Yeah, we had some right down, and they score. 
they're not they're not great A chances, but they're ones that you know you'd like to see go in. One or two of them go in. They hit somebody in the ass and go in when you got that many pucks with there, but it didn't happen tonight. So that's where we are. And as the fact you lost to a team that came in six one six in a row, it looked like a team that was rolling. And once they got the lead, it was difficult for you, or no? Well, we're we're. We tried to play the same way all night. We were pushing. I thought, you know, we started the game well, got behind early. I didn't. I thought we kept going. Second period was a strong period, and uh, they got it to three-one. They got it to three-one there. They could sit back and defend hard, and it makes it harder on you. Thank you, Dave. I know you guys are off tomorrow. Um, do, do you have an update? Is CC eligible to skate tomorrow on his own? And if so, does do you think one skate would be enough? Could he be ready to play Thursday? We'll see where he is. He's he's had no symptoms or anything for over a week now. So it's he's a healthy guy. He's got to have the test tomorrow. But him and uh, Keith will both skate tomorrow, even though it's a day off. And and uh, Keith won't be. I don't think he'll be a player uh, Thursday for sure. But uh, we'll see where CC's at. You know, he hasn't skated in 10 days, so we'll see where. He I just wonder, you, you said maybe this is a case of the injuries on the blue line starting to catch up a little bit, but I just wonder about your two young guys and how you've, you've felt that they've fared in, in Niemelainen and Broberg over the last little bit. Uh, you know, Niemelainen's come in here, there's, there's, uh, he's a competitive guy, really competitive, you know, and he's got the size and weight to, uh, um, to compete in a game like that, which you like. There's some puck stuff that he's, you know, he's going to have to continue to improve. Uh, Broberg is a he's a good player. He's he's tentative still, a little bit of tentative in his game. But the only way he's going to get that out of it is to get playing. So it's uh, we're in a situation right now where we've got players out. We've got to put him in there, you know. And uh, both of them have fared all right. You know, Niemelainen for first real kind of taste of it has done all right. Uh, Broberg's minutes have, have fallen, especially since the Vegas game. Do you think it's maybe just a case of kind of the adrenaline wearing off a little bit and him, as he gets his feet wet in the NHL at game seven, eight, nine, so to speak, he's, he had that high and he's maybe come down a little bit? Okay, so Nurse coming back. Nurse takes a lot of those minutes, right? All right, thanks. Okay, there's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett as they lose their third in a row, falling 4-1 to the Minnesota Wild. I also want to give you this quote from the coach of the Chicago Blackhawks because we are following this story tonight. Former Oilers Jujar Kara was absolutely drilled tonight by Jacob Truba. You could tell he was knocked out as he absorbed the hit. He fell back, his head hit the ice. Really scary-looking video. Uh, Derek King saying that Jujar Kara is up, he's talking, he's very responsive, and then uh, adding later that they've done tests, but there are more tests to be done. So hopefully Jujar Kara is going to be okay after that, uh, the really scary hit in the Chicago-New York Rangers game. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 9.53. We're in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, a couple nights ago, Rob, a really frustrating game as the Edmonton Oilers lost to the Los Angeles Kings. The frustration stemming from the fact that the Oilers had very few scoring opportunities. The frustration tonight, I think, in that they, they did a lot of things that they wanted to approve on, but they weren't able to capitalize. Yeah, the Oilers were not good against the LA Kings, and for long stretches, uh, they created nothing. Uh, the LA Kings 
controlled play through 40 minutes. Uh, the only chances the older had were a couple of power plays where they got some good looks out net. Tonight was the exact opposite. Through the first 40 minutes, they were the better team. They had 20 shots in the second period. Shots were 20 to 7 in favor of the Oilers, and a lot of them were grade A scoring chances. Tonight, the difference in the game through 40 minutes was Cam Talbot. Uh, we talked about the the first one on Koskinen. Uh, he, he lost his angle, or he lost his way in the in the crease, and they they scored from behind the net. And on the opposite end, Talbot's saving everything. And as Dave Tippett talked about, you know, you can put enough pucks on net, you expect something to bounce off somebody and, and find its way to the back. It didn't happen tonight. Uh, and then the third period, once the Minnesota Wild had a two-goal lead, they played their style of hockey, and they they were able to shut the Oilers down. And all you, you, you're just pressing and pushing and hoping, but the Minnesota Wild didn't have to give you any opportunities. So, the Cam Talbot won the Minnesota Wild this game in the second period by keeping the the Edmonton Oilers just to a one-goal deficit when. In all honesty, the, the, the Minnesota Wild were very fortunate to be up after 40 minutes. Yeah, Camp Talbot having an excellent season. 38 saves tonight. He improves to 14-5. and five. The Wild as a team have won seven straight to go to 18-6-1. and one. Koskinen tonight takes the loss for the Oilers. He's 12-4 and four with 22 saves. And the Oilers lost a special teams battle, and they lost it decisively. 0-5 on the power play. The Wild one for two as we look at the power plays for extreme power products your full line Kubota dealer with locations in St. Paul Westlock and Vegreville check out extreme with an X powerproducts.com it's I mean look I still expect the Oilers to have the number one power play in the league and I still expect them to have explosive parts to the season but they're they're in a slump right now one for 16 in their last five well anytime somebody's having success at anything in the NHL Every team now is trying to find a way to stop that success, whether it be in breakouts or power play or penalty killing. With the video that you have nowadays and you get to dissect every single game, you try to figure out which works best. Now, you're not going to be able to stop the others from getting chances, but you can start creating uh, chances that you are willing to, to risk. And what we saw tonight with the Minnesota Wild, that once the puck went down to the side, either to Connor's side, to Nuge's side, or, or to Leon on the other. They just stuffed the box. They just, all four guys, all back down low, and, and the, the Oilers weren't able to go cross ice. So now the Oilers kept looking. They'd go back to the point, try going down the other side, but they just weren't able to get that puck to where they want, where they get that backdoor one-timer. So that's one thing that the opposition is now trying to do in the penalty kill. So what the Oilers will do is they'll start trying to look for other ways to get pucks on net. They had chances, but the Minnesota Wilds penalty killing was excellent in this hockey game tonight and limited the the grade A scoring chances that the Oilers were able to get. Yes, he pulled the Arvey scoring the only goal of the game for the Oilers, his eighth of the season for McDavid and Hyman. It came 6-31 into the second period, cut the Wild lead at the time to 2-1. And, you know, you know again, you look at the power plays, the Oilers had a power play well, they had three power plays when they were down 2 nothing. Could have narrowed it to within a goal. And then they had a power play down when they were down 2-1. And then they had another one when they were down 3-1. A really a silly penalty by Dumb. Greenway. I mean, even Dumb. giving a chance to give the Oilers a little bit of life at that point. And uh, they were, I know, I know one of those was abbreviated because it came after a 4-on-4. Four four, but still, the Oilers un- unable to take advantage of any of those tonight. So it all adds up to uh, another loss for the Oilers. Their record drops to 16-8 and eight 
on the season. Tough homestand. I mean, uh, Boston's coming to town. Carolina's uh, beat Winnipeg tonight. At one point, they were out shooting. It's something like 15-4. to 4. I mean, they can go in there and uh, and pressure. So, uh, you know, this is... This is what we talked about when the Oilers were, you know, nine and one, and uh, maybe stealing some games along the way. The uh, the tough times were going to hit. Well, they're going through them right now. Uh, I mean, we talked about the power play not executing. Hot goalie helped uh, steal a game from Edmonton tonight. The Oilers are not completely healthy, and you know they they were able to take advantage some other to some other injured team of of injured teams earlier. Now the shoes on the other foot. I mean, I think they're especially missing. CC's steadiness mm-hmm. uh, on the back end. You have some young defensemen who aren't playing a lot, so it's all adding up to a, to, ch- to a challenge here for the, for the Oilers. And you look at most seasons, you know, even years where the where the Oilers have made the playoffs when we've been doing the show, and you know, even some of those seasons they've had a month, you know, a couple games under 500 or you know, five seven and two something like that. So they're going through it right now. They just can't they, they can't let it totally spiral out of control. Well, no. I- what, what I've learned over all these years around the game of hockey, that everything evens out. And early in the season, when the Oilers got off to the great start, and they did, there were some games that at the end of the night, you're like, okay, <laughs> you know what? Five on five, they weren't good enough, but their power play bailed them out, or great goaltending bailed them out. And some, the record was very good, but it wasn't completely... They weren't when it was 9-1 and one or whatever, they weren't the best team in all nine of those games. And and it evens out. And tonight's a great example, a game that they were down 2 nothing in where you're like, okay, watching this game from afar, you're like, okay, how are they down? This is a game they should be winning. So tonight, uh, a game that they should have won, that they were the better team for most of the game, they didn't. So it's just one of those things, it evens out. It makes up for the games that they've taken two points earlier when they probably shouldn't have the pittsburgh penguin game for example that was a game that for 40 minutes they weren't even in it uh another thing that you see in a game like this and it dave Tippett talked about the fact that the oilers specialty teams masked some of their problems well tonight we saw that their, their specialty teams weren't as good they're unable to win a hockey game they've fallen behind game after game and they think they have seven wins on the season when they when they were falling behind early but that doesn't happen over the course of the year it it evens out and it goes the other way and tonight again they fell behind i mean not through poor play but giving up that first goal and you're chasing again those eventually hurt you and we're starting to see now some of the things that the others were getting away with earlier with uh, just average five on five play giving up the first goal now is coming back to haunt them in the last few games. Yes, uh, 9 and 0 when scoring first now down to 7 and 8 when giving up the first goal, which is actually to be expected that you'd be below 500 at least to some extent when giving up the uh the, the first goal and this one Minnesota got it early on the power play a minute 11 into the game after Bouchard went off for uh, an early holding call against Nico Sturm all right 4-1 the wild take it uh, we'll get to your phone calls and feedback in a second here let's go back down to the hall of fame room Connor McDavid and Ryan McLeod it's, you know, your power play had some timely chances and just couldn't finish what was lacking do you feel on the man advantage tonight um yeah I mean they were prepared I thought uh um, you know, we had our looks. Um, we probably didn't win enough battles, um, you know, on the power play. Um, you know, but I thought, uh, you know, you go through stretches where it doesn't go in for you. Um, we went through a long stretch where they were going in, and you know, obviously this is one of them where they're not going in. So um, we got to continue to do the right things on the power play. We'll, you know, work hard, get pucks back, um, and they'll start to go in. Did you feel your, your team did 
better things tonight overall than you have the past few games, at least five on five? Yeah, I thought we did a good job of getting pucks to the net. Um, you know, I thought we had some good zone time. You know, we carried the play for large stretches of the of the second at least. Um, and they scored a couple of rush goals. Obviously, we got to figure out that, clean that up. Um, but other than that, I thought, uh, you know, we took a step forward in terms of uh, in terms of that, I guess. Connor, was this a, a vintage Cam Talbot game, some of the Talbot games you saw when he was your teammate? Very strong. Yeah, he played really well. You know, he's had a great stretch there well in many. Um, you know, and he played uh, played some great hockey for us here in Edmonton. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, um, you know, like him a lot as a guy. And, um, you know, it's good to have, see him have success. Obviously, I wish he didn't have uh, success tonight, but um, he was good. He made a lot of good saves. And falling behind again, is this league too difficult when you're down two goals against a team, especially that's won six straight games coming into this one? Yeah, they're a team that's obviously feeling it. Um, you know, and again, I thought we got off to a better start. You know, we were controlling the play um, on the first shift there and, you know, kind of a, uh, a call there, you know, whatever. And, you know, they score on the power play. That's the way it goes. Um, you know, um, I thought we had a, you know, we, we looked more engaged. We were getting pucks to the net, having zone time. Um, you know, to find ourselves down 2 nothing after the first, we probably deserved a little better than that. But, you know, I liked our response in the second and um, obviously couldn't, couldn't uh, complete the comeback. Thank you. Um, Connor, just, um, I just wonder about the level of concern just in the sense that you know you guys are still 16 and, and 8 very good record but lost three in a row and seven and seven in the last uh, 14 What's, how would you kind of categorize how things are going in that respect yeah that's what a good start gets you is it buys you time um it buys you a little bit of a lull um obviously we're going through a little bit of a lull and um we need to figure it out. Um, you know, I remember, I think maybe my second year, we kind of did the same thing, you know, where we, we got off to a great start and, you know, played 500 for probably a, a month or two and, um, and then got back on a roll. So, obviously, the good starts bought us a little time here. And, um, you know, but that's, uh, you know, we can't rely on that. Obviously, we got to get back in the win column here on Thursday. Ryan, a lot's been made about the third line and his play, and you guys seem to kind of carry play for large stretches of the game. How did you feel like you guys did as a, as a trio? Yeah, I thought we did pretty good. We got, got back together today. Uh, I think we should have bring energy to the team, and, you know, uh, I kind of keep pucks in their zone and stuff like that. So I think we had a good, uh, pretty good game today. That is Ryan McLeod. You also heard from Connor McDavid after the Oilers lose 4-1 to the Minnesota Wild. That means a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They're given 100 bucks every time the Oilers score throughout the season. Uh, not much going into the old coffers uh, lately as the Oilers scoring just once in each of their last two games. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown checking in tonight as uh, the Oilers will next be in action against the Boston Bruins coming up on Thursday. Uh, well, Rob, we, we were talking before the game, first of all, about a couple of Minnesota players. Camp Talbot, who we've addressed his game already. The other one, uh, Kirill Kaprizov, who got an assist tonight. We talked about what originally what we thought was a big body check from Leon Dreisler yeah. late in the first <laughs> period. It was actually Leon's uh, stick placed into a area of the male body that can be quite uh, painful if struck so he was able to uh, to bounce back from that you we were excited about seeing him live what did you think i, I think he's incredibly talented 
Uh, he ended up just with the one point. Uh, missed a wide open net late in the game. I don't know how he how he missed. I'm a little surprised the puck came to him and he had everything to shoot at. But he's exciting. Every time he has the puck, he makes things happen. Strong on the puck as well. Just is a Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisler too, a skilled player that uh, fends off players. And he doesn't seem like he's that big. Yet he battles hard in the in the against the boards and usually comes out with the puck. So uh, he made a wonderful play on the breakaway goal that Kulikov scored at at center ice. And yeah, I'm very impressed. I can understand now how he's been on this little bit of a run that he is. I think he's in the top five in the NHL in scoring now, uh, deservedly so. So I excited. It's always fun when you see a a new young star come into the league. And you get to see him up close and see all the little things they're capable of doing. A lot of fun watching him play. All right, you can get us at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems pro all the way. We have Greg standing by. Hey, Greg, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. So I just thought uh, the refing was uh, pretty consistent tonight um, based on what they were calling. However, um, I think there was a lot of missed calls, like the Bouchard um, uh, holding penalty. Well, if you look at the end of the game, McDavid was basically being horse-collared, and there was no call. So that's kind of frustrating. Um, so, And that being said, too, I don't give a lot of credit to the, the Minnesota PK tonight um, because I think it was more of the Oilers – power play unwilling to shoot the puck they want to pass it around that the 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 penalty killers basically don't have to move and all the Oilers want to do is pass into the net they need to shoot cause chaos and, and, and then they'll be able to score well it's, the reason the reason that i uh, see i disagree i i credit all of that to the minnesota wild pkers because they were getting into passing lanes and they were getting into shooting shoot lanes. They were taking away what the Edmonton Oilers wanted to do. They studied film. They found out the tendencies of the Oilers. And then they tried to defend against those. The penalty killers were exceptional tonight for Minnesota. That's why they won the hockey game. You sh- you shut out the Oilers' power play five times, you're going to win a hockey game. So they were great. Uh, should the Oilers have shot more? But you got to remember, too, when you're shooting, there has to be a lane. The Wild did a really good job of closing down those lanes so that there wasn't a whole lot for them to shoot at. Greg, you still there? Greg's gone. Okay. And the refereeing, the refs were good. I'm, I, honestly, guys, the refs I'm, were get, good. I'm getting tired of talking about the refs. I, I mean, we, we did a whole overtime open line on it. Uh, I interviewed a former referee who, who I thought was very informative mm-hmm. and very insightful. Yep. And, and apparently that even made people more angry about the refereeing, <laughs> given some of the messages that they got. I mean, like... The, tonight's I'm, I'm just, was just, fantastic. I'm just getting sick of talking about it. Yeah. Like, it's... The others did not lose. They, they had five if, if power plays egreg- to two. If there's an egregiously bad call, of course we'll point it out as part mm-hmm. of the game or, or discuss it. But, I mean... Uh, I, I'm I'm getting a little bit of a loss here. Why we get multiple calls about it after every game? Well, it, it, like the, honestly, Rob, I'm going to say this: like, grow up. Well, like, it, Stan Fischler wrote an article today about Gary Bettman having a letter from the 1930s from uh, one of the Patricks writing to the commissioner of that or the president of that time of the league about how bad the refereeing was. Oh. Like, it's almost 100 years ago. But I can guarantee you that on a Minnesota Wild telecast tonight, if they have a phone-in show, they'll have people calling in saying the refereeing was bad. 
on their oh, part. Sure. Uh, the, the shift that uh, Greenway took his dumb penalty, two Minnesota Wilds players took sticks to the face. On the same shift, both two twice, Oilers, high-stuck guys, things get missed. Things don't always get called. But tonight's game, the Edmonton Oilers uh, benefited by the referee. They had five power plays to just two against. And the referees were really a non-factor due to the fact that the Minnesota Wilds penalty killing was so good, backed by incredible goaltending. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Cam Talbot was very, very good. The Oilers lost because especially teams and the goaltending was in favor of the Minnesota Wild today. All right, the Wild take it 4-1. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Pass to Erickson Eck in over the line. He'll shoot it. Save made by Koskinen off the right wing. That is Miko Koskinen's save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. The goaltending story tonight belonging to Cam Talbot. He's the first star of the game with 38 stops as the Wild beat the Oilers 4-1. The Wild have won seven in a row. The Oilers have lost three straight. I can also tell you that it is Judy getting the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. River Cree excitement bet on it. I set the line before the game at three and a half combined points by players wearing number 97. Kaprizov and McDavid each get an assist, so it is two, it is under, and Judy gets the gift card. There you go. Yeah, I lost. I put my name in there too, but I, I called the over. Well, luckily you didn't have anything actually on the line. <laughs> oh, what? what was, I gave you $100. You said that was for the bet, no? I don't remember. I don't know where it is. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, what could I tell you? It's stashed away somewhere here in the uh, broadcast booth. 780-496-0063. We have Dan standing by. Hey, Dan, go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call tonight. i got to give a quick shout-out to the EML and my man, GM Parisian, who's also a loyal listener. Um, I don't think it's about you know, the refereeing and you know the goaltending or the special teams and all this stuff. I'm thinking of the last two games. We scored two goals in two games. Now this this is almost starting to remind me of the playoff series, which I don't want to I didn't want to be reminded of. You know, I thought we we're put that, you know, park it, put it behind us, but starting to notice the same kind of things. I think five on five even strength, we just don't have that desperation to score. Uh, and I know we had thirty eight shots and even Coach Tippett said in his interview, he didn't think any were real grade-A chances. I didn't either. I thought, well, we need we need more desperation in our 5-on-5 game. And I think, you know, I'll never criticize McDavid. Of course, he, he works his butt off every single shift. But we need more. We need more from Tricetal, I thought, hasn't played very well in the last couple of games. Nuge is... His five-on-five play almost all year hasn't been 
you know, what we would want from him. I think we just, we need more at five-on-five offense. That's what I'm worried about. I'm not even worried. I thought our goaltending has actually been pretty good compared to what most people would have thought, especially with Smith hurt and the way Skinner has been playing. You know, he had a rough game, but if you look at his numbers, they're phenomenal for, you know, a rookie goaltender been thrown into it. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I think that's yeah. You make some good points. I, I mean, I think that is is probably going to be an ongoing discussion here for for the Oilers is five on five play and probably still looking for more depth scoring. I mean, coming into today, five on five, they've been outscored fifty four forty eight. Just checking my notes from before the game, while Minnesota had outscored team sixty three forty seven, five on five, and then today you had. Uh, what three of Minnesota's goals were five on five Edmonton's goal was five on five so there's Edmonton another minus two five on five I mean that's that's fair uh and you know tonight yes they did get more pucks to the net they had more time in the ozone four checked harder all those types of things um the question is can at least a third line chip in a little bit offensively like they were early in the season we, but now we haven't seen that for a while no and chip in offensively or at least not bleed defensively and one of the things stats i pointed out at the beginning of the game the minnesota wild and it may change after tonight because if the one kid got a, a plus but before the game they had three players in their entire roster they were minus they had one minus one and two minus three players the edmonton oilers had 13 players even or worse so it shows you five on five, the Minnesota Wild from top to bottom uh, are a solid team. When your fourth line is even or plus, uh, you feel confident as a coaching staff that you can throw them out at any time. And it's easier to coach that because there's no, all right, we've got to hide these guys. They can't play. But Dean Everson doesn't have to do that. He can throw them out. He's like, all right, these guys are sound defensively. We can put them on the ice. Sometimes players that are... Uh, lesser talented, and when I say lesser talent, I mean by the superstar standards, not by uh, <laughs> real-life uh, qualifications, but lesser uh, talented players, there is more desperation in their game because it takes more for them to score. There's got to be diving in front of the net or, 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 or taking a beating to get a tip or throwing two or three shots on net or being in the blue paint. For certain players, they, that's where they have to have a desperation and an urgency if they want to score a goal. And the Minnesota Wild, outside of Kaprizov, it's not a, a, a skilled group that you're going to see, you know, seven or eight guys in an all-star game over their career, but they continue to put pucks in the net simply because they outwork guys in certain areas. And, yes, the Oilers' urgency and desperation level five-on-five five isn't as good as most of the teams they've played against, and that's why the Oilers have a number of guys that are bleeding minuses because they're they're – uh, on the ice for goals against, and they're just not creating anything in the opposite zone. So five on five for the Oilers, if they want to be a good playoff team, because they're going to make the playoffs, but if they want to be a good playoff team that moves on, they certainly have to get better five on five. All right, Oilers lose uh, 4-1 tonight to the uh, Minnesota Wild, as they have now lost three straight games, 7 8 0063 is the phone number. We have Sir Robert standing by. Sir Robert, go ahead. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well. Well, I mean, I guess, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I mean, like, uh, you know, I was, I, we talked about before, like, uh, when it came to Koskinen, you know, like, 
Like, uh, you know, like would, would you know, like would Koskinen improve? Would he be better? Which I think he has been. You look, at, you look at his record. He's 12 and four. I still don't think that's that bad. So, like, I'm not, I'm not gonna blame this. I'm not gonna blame this stretch or this lull on goaltending. I think it's, I think it's a combination of the, uh, the special teams, especially the power play lately has gone, uh, has gone a little dry. I think that's. Uh, so that's part to, that's part to do with what the Oilers are doing on it, but I think also it's also part to do with teams are uh, teams are starting to figure out how to not necessarily stop the power play, but slow it down, and then uh, and then you know and then like against and you guys are touching on the uh, the five on five play. I mean the five on the uh, the play five on five lately has been I would call it average at best. I don't know what you guys think, but I mean just like in those the third and fourth lines have been virtually non-existent that's just uh i mean you know i think i know i think until the until those third and fourth lines pick it up a bit not to say not to say we're going to lose nine or ten in a row or anything stupid but but uh, you know i think we're until those third and fourth lines pick it up this team is this team is going to be i guess average or inconsistent of win one lose one win one maybe lose two in a row here for the next little bit that's just that's just my thoughts on all uh, yeah, that's just what I'm thinking on all that. Yeah, thanks, Robert. We appreciate it. Four uh, one, the uh, Wild take it. Brad writes in. He says, uh, "Guys, the Oilers went four and two without Nurse, but are one and three without CC." It's an interesting point. Yes, uh, CC is an important part of this team, and you and I have talked about it, Reed. Uh, his ceiling obviously isn't as high as Darnell Nurse. But the one thing that CC does every night, it seems like he hits his ceiling. He is consistent. He's a guy that when uh, things start to go uh, a little backwards or sideways in your own zone, you can throw him out and it just settles things down. He's certainly missed. I, I, he's been the most consistent defenseman that the Oilers have had all season long. Uh, the Oilers are a better hockey club when he's in the lineup. Uh, Deepak from Toronto says... Uh... <laughs> Why is it the Oilers uh, play against their former goalies and make them look like Vince, Vesna Trophy winners? <laughs> if memory serves, Talbot was mediocre with the Oilers and some nights could not stop a beach ball. Uh, the Oilers are finding new ways to lose. Uh, look, I, first of all, Cam Talbot was not mediocre with the Oilers. For, for about a year and three quarters, he was, he was very good. And in 16-17, uh, he was excellent. He didn't, he didn't not play as well. In, in the times after that. And then eventually the organization, the general manager at the time, picked uh, Koskinen over Talbot. Um, there's a lot of Oilers goalies who weren't very good here and then who also weren't very good elsewhere. Well, so don't forget that. And Cam Talbot is having a fantastic he's, season. He's playing it's, awesome. Yeah, it's not just the Oilers he's playing well against. He's playing well against the entire National Hockey League. He's the starter for the Minnesota Wild. And didn't you say before the game they have the best record in the Western Conference? I think that percentage-wise. So, yeah, they're very good. Yeah, so he's the starting goalie. So Cam Talbot is having a great season, on a, and he's playing for a very good hockey club. And tonight, to me, he stole two points for the Minnesota Wild. Doug says the uh, power play won the Oilers games early on, and now they can't score on the power play, so they lose. The defense and goaltending have been bad all year long. They won't make the playoffs. That is from Doug. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers are going to make the playoffs. What they do in the playoffs, uh, well, I guess we'll find out at that point, but the Edmonton Oilers will make the playoffs. And I'll say it one more time so that anyone calls, what day is it today, Reed? It is December 7th. So if the Oilers don't 
make the playoffs, you can call and say that Rob is completely off his rocker on December 9th or December 7th because I'm going to say it again. The Edmonton Oilers will make the playoffs. I actually don't think they've had bad goaltending this year. No, I don't think they have either. I think their goaltending's been fine considering it's their second and third string goaltenders in net. Uh, again, I mean, it, it, it's funny that the Oilers, I don't know where they are in the league standings right now, 7th, 8th, 5th, I don't know where they are, but they are in the top 10 in the National Hockey League, and we have someone calling or sending a text saying they're not going to make the playoffs, and, the, and as t- uh, Connor McDavid said, the sky isn't falling. They've lost, you know, all teams go through stretches. Like, it, it, this, they've lost three in a row, and they're 7-7 seven seven in their last 14 games, yet they're still ahead of 22 other teams or 24 other teams in the NHL. It's, it's, it, the Oilers are a good hockey club. They're not great yet. There are deficiencies. They've run into some injury problems, and it does hurt on the back end when they're, when they're missing, especially a CC. They're missing their number one goaltender and have for almost every game except for two on the, during the regular season. Uh, they're in a stretch. They're not playing as well. I don't think they were the, the when they were, what was it, 15 and 3 or whatever they were at one point. I don't think they were that dominant. I don't think they were going to finish the season with a 750 winning percentage. But they're going to be a team that's going to challenge for the, the Western Conference title. They're going to challenge for the Pacific uh, Division title. And they're going to be a playoff hockey club. But there are warts in their game. And they get exposed when they play good teams and they fall behind. And tonight was a night that Minnesota exposed them as the game went on in the third period because the Minnesota Wild had the lead and in the third period were able to play their style of hockey. All right, let's welcome Nicholas on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Nicholas, go ahead. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on tonight. I'm not here to panic. I mean, it's early in the season. Oilers have put together a very solid performance, uh, including tonight uh, thus far. Just the only thing that is a little frustrating to me is that a couple of our so-called best players in the league, such as Leon Dreisaitl, I can't stand to pay $100, drive an hour and a half, and watch him not take one hard stride all night. That makes me sick. I don't know about you guys, but I don't remember Shane Doan, Jerome McGinley, Joe Sackick. I don't remember those guys ever taking a night off. And if you were going to go deep and win in the playoffs, your leaders need to show that they actually care and have a passion to lose. And again, I know that might sound harsh, but I'm not here to panic. The Oilers have been very good so far. I'm very pleased, but... That's just very disappointing to me. Okay, thanks, Nicholas. We appreciate it. We also have Marco standing by. Hey, Marco, go ahead. Hey, guys. Hope you guys are doing really well and uh, everyone's doing well. I just have a quick question about our power play. Obviously, we had a little bit of a tough night tonight with uh, with going 0-5. I mean, obviously, we've been a fantastic team on the power play. Can you guys see maybe us putting Bouchard in uh, in a role on the power play? Is that maybe a little bit early? No, I, I can see it. Um, the, the, the problem with moving Bouchard there is it takes away ice time from Barry. And if Barry's just a third-pairing defenseman and not on the power play, uh, you're taking away his biggest strength. Uh, Bouchard playing on the power play, now all of a sudden his minutes are going to go up because he does penalty kill. So he penalty kills, he's regular shift, he's on the power play. So I think as a coaching staff, you're trying to weigh all these things. Do we, do we get Barry down to a 12-minute a night uh, defenseman? Do we get Bouchard up to a 25, 26 minute defenseman? Because Bouchard, as we see uh, tonight, there's a few times, five on five, he still has some struggles when the puck isn't on his stick. Having said all that, 
Bouchard is going to be a number one power play defenseman in the NHL. He has a shot that very few, if any, in the National Hockey League have. And eventually, when he gets that spot, the Oilers' power play is going to have a weapon that as good as Barry is back there, and he does have a good shot. He doesn't have Bouchard's shot. So I do believe at some point you will see Bouchard as the number one defenseman on the power play. It's just a matter of how they can work it out so that the minutes work for all of their, their players. But, yeah, Bouchard will be there at some point. Just uh, someone's asking if there's an update on Jujar Kara. So if you missed that earlier, the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, Coach Derek King saying earlier, a little over half an hour ago, he's up, he's talking, he's very responsive, and he's obviously going to have to have further tests. Really scary incident tonight in Chicago. He was body checked by Jacob Truba, the New York Rangers, appeared to be knocked out before he even hit the ice, and then his head hit the ice once he landed and he had to be taken off on a stretcher so uh you know it sounds like at least he he's like he said like we said responsive uh in the hospital so hopefully Jujar is going to be okay and as we know Robbie's had concussions in the past so well that, that's what, okay that's what scares you too because we've seen Jujar knocked out cold three times now well twice here in Edmonton once tonight through a video 99 0.9% of the players in the national that played in the National Hockey League have never been knocked out like that. And he's had it three in a span of was it a year now? A little over a year. That scares you as, as a, a former player that's had concussions and have dealt with some of the side effects here in my life now with memory issues and things like that. And I never had what he's had. So it, it scares you. You hope, I mean, health is all you can really hope for. And at some point, uh, you you have to wonder, is it worth it? And hopefully it, it doesn't come to that for Jujar, but at some point you got to think about it. Because uh, seeing him getting carted off on a stretcher again just brings back horrible memories of what we've seen twice here in Edmonton with him as well. All right, final score tonight, Minnesota 4, Edmonton 1. We'll get to more of your phone calls. You're going to hear from Cassian and Bouchard as well. It is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. All right, Minnesota 4, Edmonton 1, the final three straight losses for the Oilers. They dropped to 16-8 and eight on the season as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. All right, the Sharks lead the Flames 4-3 with about 16 minutes left. Maple Leafs outscore the Blue Jackets 5-4. The Lightning score twice late in the third to beat the Canadians 3-2. Is someone getting thrown out here in San Jose? No, uh, Lucic hit him from behind, and he was helped, well, kind of, he just left. The guy that he hit, it didn't look as bad. I wonder, is it concussion protocol? Must well, be. no, no. He just he just went head first into the oh, board, okay. so he's taken himself back to so the back. So Lucci's got the penalty, though. Well, I don't know. The one referee didn't call it, so I don't know if the back referee did, but he should. Well, that's he, a hit from behind. Oh, yeah, yeah, big time. Like, his head gets squashed. Like, it, it's pretty simple, and it's funny because one referee didn't call it. Again, for those that uh, don't like some calls that referees do and don't make, that's a call that should be made 100 times out of 100. I'm just not sure if it was made there or not. All right, Islanders over the Senators, 5-3. Nashville wins 5-2 in Detroit. Ducks shut out the Sabres, 2-0. The Blues beat the Panthers, 4-3 in overtime. Hurricanes over the Jets, 4-2. Carolina, 17-6-1. They're coming to Edmonton on the weekend. Rangers over the Blackhawks, 6-2. We mentioned the uh, Jujar Kara injury earlier. And, of course, right here at Rogers Place, Wild 4, Oilers 1. 
Let's go back to the Certainty Hotline. Bijan is standing by. Hey, Bijan, go ahead. Hey, Reed, how are you, sir? Yeah, great. Uh, Mr. Brown, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm calling from Montreal, and I called last year. I called. Oh, yeah, uh, I remember you. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad, Reed. Uh, you have a great show, so I always listen, even your 8 o'clock times in our time here. So I don't call because... Uh, usually, if I call, maybe I create some kind of controversy or some kind of. To me, lack of not, lack of basically talent. This team, I watch, I watch this team the last I don't know thirty years, thirty two years, especially the last four or five years. Uh, I don't know. I just don't understand how you can continue playing like that. People are telling me slow start. When you are slow start, you don't have talent. Lack of talent. You don't have a speed. I watched this gentleman, Nugent Hopkins, for 11 years. 11 years. I don't know who he is. I don't know he's a power forward. Uh, today, tonight, two, three times he lost the puck. He killed when the, basically every offensive attack died with him. I just don't understand that. Uh, he's to me, to my understanding, I watch lots of hockey. He's the softest hockey player I ever saw. Very soft. Soft, not I don't want him to fight. It's soft on the puck. When you are when you are lousy and soft on the puck, you are not not, not aggressive. This is the result. Cassian, same thing. The last four years, I, I just don't understand. Mr. Brown is saying this is a good team. Yeah, good team is not enough anymore. Last year, they lost to Winnipeg because of lack of, okay, I understand, three games went to overtimes. And lack of tough, toughness. Again, not fighting. Tough on the puck. Tough on the forecheck. Tough on the, in the middle of the ice. You, you, can't, you can't win anymore. By talent, you cannot win anymore. To me, to my estimate, this time have 11 players. The, another seven, game, seven players, are not, to me, they are not hockey players. When I say they're not they're not good. You don't have a second, third line. You don't have a fourth line. And unfortunately, uh, McDavid cannot do it. To me, uh, Dreisaitl is one of the best I ever saw the last 10 years. And uh, goalie, I'm sorry to say it. You cannot give a goal like that in the first... first I mean, I, I know Kaskin and what is record. But they cannot continue like that. Hockey IQ is very important. Very, very soft, the defenseman. He paying four million dollars. I mean, same as Nugent Hopkins, five point million dollars for eight years. How long? Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Thank okay. you, Mr. Brown. Yeah, thanks, Bijan. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six. 0063. He made some good points, and there's some things that uh, he's right on. Um, if we called it urgency and desperation when we talked about what the Oilers need to be better at five on five, but to be you, talent doesn't win you hockey games. You have to have talent. You have to have hard work that goes with it, and you have to have a toughness. And as he said, toughness isn't about fighting. Toughness is taking a hit to make a play. Toughness is getting in a shooting lane and blocking a puck. Toughness is taking a beating in front of the net, uh, knowing that eventually a puck is going to come that you can tip or get a rebound in. 
uh, tough is fighting on the boards to make sure that puck gets that extra five feet and out over the blue line. P toughness is fighting at the red line to make sure you get across the red line to dump the puck in. Those things are all toughness. And good teams that want to be great teams have both the talent and the toughness to take that extra step. And that's what the Oilers are trying to be. And there's some nights that five on five, they're not as good at that aspect of the game as their team they're playing against. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think we know exactly what Ryan Nugent Hopkins is. Uh, I think he's uh, a very good complimentary player. I think he's a complimentary five-on-five player. That is very good on the power play. He's a specialty team player because he's good penalty killing as well. Yeah. So he's a, a very good specialty team hockey player that is complimentary. But again, you would like to see, and I know that Bob talked about it before the game with you, uh, RNH and Yamamoto are playing with the NHL's leading score. And RNH has two goals, and Yamamoto's got, I believe, six points, or he might have seven now. I mean, they're, they're playing with the six points. So they're playing with the NHL's leading score. Um, that's, not, that's not good enough. You need more out of that, uh, out of those players. And five on five, I mean, the Oilers, again, if you want to be a good power play team, or excuse me, a good playoff team, power plays aren't going to carry you in the playoffs because they're harder to get. And you have to be able to play five on five, and you got to be able to win a two-one hockey game. And the Oilers uh, have another 55 games this year to continue to improve in those areas because they're not quite there yet. Four-one, the Wild take it tonight. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, go to 630ched.com. Look for the Japanese Village goal light. That'll allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked before your eyes. Reserve now. JV Edmonton. CA. Okay, we have uh, Dean on the open line as well. Hey, Dean, go ahead. Hey, how are you doing today? Yeah, wonderful. <clears throat> um, just adding to what Rob was saying, I think that our biggest uh, issue with this team, you know, I know defense are hurt, and I know that, you know, people, they go through slumps. But if you look at the, in the last couple of weeks, the teams that we've played that have beat us, uh, such as Dallas, L.A., Minnesota, that play a tight, checking, uh, somewhat physical uh, game, we don't have the players in our bottom six to turn the tide. So, you know, most teams and good teams, they'll have that, you know, that third or fourth line that are the, you know, the bang line and they'll have the, you know, the other line that's more of the, you know, a grind line that if the the top lines aren't, you know, aren't having a good night and, you know, today, you know, our power plays over five and, and uh, <clears throat> the top two lines are being uh, checked pretty tightly, you need a line or two lines to go out there and change the momentum, and it can't always be the first line. And so when you look back at, at our playoff team, when we almost made it to the conference finals, not for Kessler, uh, it's still yeah, whatever, <laughs> but um, you, had, you had Pat Maroon, you had a 45-point Milan Lucic, not, not the one that was there a couple years later, but a 45-point Milan Lucic. You also had a Zach Cassian that was hungry and fighting for a contract. You had Adam Larson. You had all these guys. That team was there, and those guys, yeah, they may, they may not have been, you know, great, you know, fast guys, and Maroon wasn't the fastest, but, I mean, he scored a lot of goals. They were able to play that different style of game, and I don't think right now, if you look at from line one to line four on our forwards, we don't have that on our team right now. And I don't know where we're going to get it because you would have to at least switch out three guys. 
and the other the last point before I, uh, I'll let go is that I'm a little disappointed in Fogel as well because all I heard was that he was he was this tenacious forechecking physical player and I haven't seen it from him no that's fair I mean I thought he started the season fairly well but I, I think that bundles into two what the the whole comment there and even when the Oilers were winning we didn't always see it I, I think that's a really good way how we put it. There's no tide-turning player in the bottom six or, or tide-turning no, trio. You're 100% right. And he was also correct when he talked about the teams that are beating the Oilers. Uh, teams, if you want to play and have success against the Oilers, you have to be, in my opinion, a low-event team. You're not going to get a lot of chances, but you're not going to give up a lot. You're going to be a team that, uh, when you get to the red line, you're not going to try and beat someone. You're going to put the puck in deep and, and, and try to get a four-check going. The teams that struggle against the Oilers are teams that will try to trade chances with you or they try to force something that's not there, and all of a sudden the Oilers got the counterpunch and they come back the other way. So these teams, L.A., very simple hockey. Uh, Seattle Kraken, obviously very simple. And the teams that beat them on the road trip, the Buffalo Sabres, Detroit Red Wings, again, teams with not as much talent, but they play such a simple hockey game that they don't give you a lot of space. They don't give you odd man breaks going the other way. And those are the teams that the Oilers so far this year have had some trouble with. All right, we're going to call a quick timeout. Uh, Rob is up next on the open line. Oilers fall 4-1 to the wild. This is Heartland Ford. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Overtime open line. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is Minnesota beating the Oilers 4-1. They got an early one. Power play goal a minute 11 into the game from Erickson Eck. Then Felino scored at 7-14. Pugliarvi scored for the Oilers 6-31 into the second. Edmonton's window to maybe win this game was in the second period. They had 20 shots on goal but only scored once. And then Rask and Kulikov with a nice move on a breakaway put it away for the Wild in the third 4-1 is your final we have rob at 780-496-0063 go ahead hi guys uh thanks for taking my call guys Actually, i'm just taking a bit of a different angle as i attended both last games we lost 5-1 on sunday to la and 4-1 tonight uh, a lot of the time it was always played in one side of the arena all night uh something i did notice though each officiating crew and it's not against officials okay guys is not a knock on officials I'm calling out the leadership of the Oilers and the, and the coaching staff of the Edmonton Oilers. Each officiating crew were different on how their styles were calling the game. I feel the players are missing out on opportunities to either be more aggressive to get penalties or 
to either be more aggressive on the puck to get opportunities to score. Uh, against L- L.A., I watched Dustin Brown take down uh, Darnell Nurse almost in a, a little, I'm going to choke you out, to send a message to Darnell Nurse and the Oilers. And I feel there's a, 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 a dry saddle could have dropped his shoulder on Edler to send a message. And the referees were very weak on their calls on Sunday. I feel that's leadership and coaching to let them know, hey, guys, push the envelope for what these guys are going to call on you tonight. The referees were going to call everything and anything. So I felt like they were trying to play their style of hockey in fear. If I get an, if I get a penalty, I'm going to be benched or lose minutes. Instead of actually go out there to win, I'm going out there to not get a penalty. Much different kind of approach. And that's, that's what I want to take my approach on the game. Um, honestly, I don't see that. I don't see the Oilers taking that approach. I, I know that Connor McDavid and Leon, I don't think there's ever any fear that they can do something. And if they do it and take a penalty, they're going to get benched or lose minutes. And the one thing that we've seen with Dave Tippett, uh, he doesn't bench players if they take a penalty. Tyler Benson's a great example. He had two penalties, both in the offensive zone a few games back. And it, he didn't. He was out later in the third period. So uh, I, I don't see that. I think that players read referees and understand what they can and get away can and can not get away with during a hockey game. Usually, you find that in the first 10 to 12 minutes of this game, the referees indicated by the way they were calling it early that they were going to call those kind of penalties. And smart teams stay away from that. We saw a, a dumb penalty by. Greenway in the third period could have cost his team a, a, a hockey game by crossing the line. It's a little jab. It wasn't much, but the ref was calling that. So to me, the Oilers, the Oilers played good tonight. The, the Oilers deserved better fate in this hockey game. There were games this year that the Oilers won, and they didn't deserve two points. Tonight, they deserve better than nothing because they were a, a good hockey team, and through the first 480 minutes, they were by far the best hockey team. All right, let's go back down to the Hall of Fame room. Zach Cassian, Evan Bouchard. How do you look at that game? We did things better. I don't think we deserved outcome in the first period, but hey, that's the way hockey is sometimes. I think uh, we felt we could have won the game probably until halfway through the third. They got that other, they got that one, um, and then we're chasing it. Um, tough third period for us, thinking, especially we thought we. We played a pretty pretty good game for the most part, but hey, like you've seen this year, you play like shit, you win some games, you play good, you lose some games. At the end of the day, it matters about two points, and we didn't get them tonight. So, you know, you've lost three in a row now. You're in the middle of a tough homestand with some really good teams coming in here. Um, you know, I guess what would be the state of the team? What's the state of concern with how this team's playing right now? Well, there's no panic. We, I think we need to get a little more urgent, but we're not going to go 82-0. There's a lot of good hockey teams that uh, face adversity. Um, to be honest, I think it will be good for us. It happens to every team. Um, I think it's good for us. We got off to a hot start. Um, we're getting points when maybe we didn't deserve it. But our record speaks for itself. But at the end of the day, um, now... Uh, we're in a little bit of a slump here, and with good teams coming in, I think it's a, a good chance for us to grab a hold of it here and be ready for Boston. That 9-1 start, was a lot of it was on the back of a power play that was pushing 40%. That's dried up a little bit. Is the team a little too reliant on special teams? Does it need to be a little better when, when teams are 5 aside? 
Yeah, there's going to be every, every year you're not going to have a number one PK, number one PP, number one five on five. There's going to be areas in, where you have to improve. That's why you play 82 games. Uh, we feel, yeah, our power plays won us games, rightfully so. They are elite, and that's what a power play is supposed to do. Look around the league, it's tight five on five. You're not going to get points every night. You're not going to score goals every night. It's a hard league. So um, do we have to find ways to score five on five? Definitely. Um, but, yeah, our power play might have won us games, but that's what it's supposed to do. Our PK is supposed to kill penalties. That's what it's supposed to do. I'm just going to say, like, fans will say they lost three in a row. They'll start to get fairly worried. What do you guys tell yourselves so you're, so you're not worried? And what do you do to reassure people that there are ebbs and flows in the season and it might not be uh, as dire as it, it looks? I don't really know what to tell them. You're going to lose hockey games. <laughs> Trust me, we don't want to lose three in a row. Um, you go into a season, you don't want to lose two in a row. You don't want to lose one, but that's the way the game goes sometimes. And like I said, we're stuck in a rut. So we play 82 games, it all equals each other out. At the end of the day, we want to end the season on a high note, and we want to get into the playoffs, and then from there, it's a brand new season. So right now, we're facing a little bit of adversity. Evan, uh, the scores were very similar tonight versus Sunday, but how would you compare the quality of the team's game um, from tonight to, to Sunday? Uh, I thought it was a lot better uh, effort from the team. Um, you know, we were uh, caught on the forward check, putting pucks in behind them. Um, we just couldn't uh, put the puck in the net for the first two periods, and I think even for the start of the third until, uh, like Cass said, they got that uh, third goal, then we were kind of chasing it. But uh, overall, I think it was uh, a lot better team game. There were a couple penalties on your part. They seem relatively incidental or accidental. Can you, what, what kind of happened on both of those plays? Uh, first one, I fell down, took the guy down uh, with me, what, uh, what they saw. And then the second one got a stick uh, somewhere near the skates. And if the guy goes down, it kind of looks that way. So, um, you know, the refs see what they see, and you can't really argue with them about that. All right, that is Evan Bouchard and Zach Cassian as the Oilers lose 4-1 to the Minnesota Wild. Quick timeout. Heartland Ford overtime open line. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.